You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 301. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 301. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, governor. Hello, hello. <laughs> Top of the afternoon to you. <laughs> I love how you fell out of it's the British accent d- for a moment. Yeah, then it was, was <laughs> straight Americana. That's funny. Well, hello, pod people. Welcome to the show. Another awesome topic today, all about approval <clears throat> addiction. This Ooh. drive to be liked and to gain favor in everybody else's eyes kind of at all costs. So we're going to unpack that a little bit because it gets gets a little convoluted. Like, well, wait a minute. When somebody approves of me or gives me an awesome compliment and that feels good, is that wrong? Is that bad? Should I not be drinking that in? Am I putting too much of my worth into other people's opinion? So we are going to unpack all of the messiness around that. Cool. Because I, nice. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I've been reading lately about uh, some different ideas around sort of the messages even that women receive over and over again throughout our lives. I mean, obviously, this is dependent on your family of origin and your culture and things like that. But suffice it to say, kind of in the American narrative, there's sort of this idea that women are softer and more demure and we say yes and we are the ones to extend ourselves and bend over backwards and give and give and give and give. And there's a a cost to that. There's a very real cost. And we're going to discuss that today on the show. But why don't don't we pass the mic to you and kind of warm things up a little bit? Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a little segment on our show we like to call... Would you rather? And today's would you rather is, would you rather be able to hear any conversation within 100 yards? Basically, you could hone in on one conversation and hear it within 100 yards. Oh, wow. Or be able to take back one thing you say in each conversation you have. Oh. Oh, man, this is a really tough one, babe, because, <laughs> because part of me goes like, I don't want to hear what people have to say. But what if you did? You'd have that skill. And But I I very rarely have situations where I wish I wouldn't have said something. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I mean, I fucking teach You're... communication. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel... Yeah, you kind of got that on lock. Yeah. But there's definitely times when I'm like, oh, that could have been smoother or that could have been delivered a little bit more articulately, but not, oh my gosh, I wish I would never have said that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. And it, and when I have, I've gone and cleaned it up and I've asked sure. for my, asked for forgiveness and things like that. What inspired uh, the first part of that, the hearing a conversation within a hundred yards Yeah, was like, if you're buying a car oh. and you heard... And you know how they go back and forth, like, well, let me go talk to my manager. Yeah, you do that, yeah. Yeah, Jim Bob. And then you could hear that conversation and be privy to what they had said. <laughs> I, okay, all right. 
good argument. Right. I'm going to go ahead and go with that one. <laughs> well, especially because you feel pretty good about the. I feel good part. about the other one. Yeah. So I think I'll take that, but I I can turn it off though. Yeah, you can turn it off. Turn it on when you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just and then like a tractor beam, like yeah, this. tractor beam, suck me right in. Just like you can take the statement back anytime you want. Reverse time for that quick moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's what I'll go with. It'll. It would be. I would pull it out in just certain circumstances because there are times when I – that really makes sense, like sales situations. Yeah. But there are times when I would not want to know what people are thinking or saying or – Oh, absolutely. No, I agree with you. What about you? you? I I would go with the first one. You would too? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How come? Well, just for the very reason I gave. Mostly not getting taken. mm -hmm, And I could could make out like – like let's say that I was uh, someone was interested in somebody, and they were talking to somebody else. You could overhear that conversation and be like, "Oh, they're interested in that. I'll talk about that when I meet them." Or you know, like okay. y- you would have a little bit of insight on how to approach that person. How interesting! Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, so we, yeah, just as a as a a, per- hu- a human skill, I think it would be great. Okay. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. And we do discuss this every single Monday over in my private Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. And it is, in my very humble opinion, one of the most positive corners of the internet. And just a really beautiful grouping of people. And if you're part of Facebook groups, you probably know that it's a common theme to have a a lot of people soliciting their shit and trying to sell you things and all of that. And I run a very, very tight ship. So we keep everything centered around what we're struggling with and the support that we need from one another. We do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. We do open mic Tuesdays. And then every Thursday, I do a live training for questions that have come up from the community. So it's your opportunity to get kind of some free coaching advice about things that have been really problematic for you, which can be really advantageous because obviously when I sound off on things on the pod, it's very general. It's not one person's specific issue. Sure. So in the after hours community, you can say, listen, my mother-in-law said this and here's what happened and here's what came up for me. And I would love your thoughts on that. Yeah. And then I go live on Thursday. So come hang out with us. All you have to do is go to the joyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to our little section of Facebook and we'll hang out and definitely let us know which one you would rather and explain your reasoning because Mr. Smith will run a tight ship. That's right. On those loopholes. No nonsense in my show. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so let's talk about this approval addiction, shall mm, we? Let's do it. What I would like to start with here is is a very clear distinction that I want to kind of – that will be sort of a umbrella concept over everything that we talk about today. And it is – Feeling awesome when you receive approval is not a problem. It is when we seek it at all costs to validate our self-worth, even when it is massive self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I that do, makes sense. I do find that sometimes my students or clients will say, gosh, well, I got this compliment or somebody told me that I did an incredible job on a project at work and I was afraid to drink it in or to relish it or to embrace that commendation because I I don't want to feel like that is equating my worth. 
And mm. and so they're actually, this is sort of a situation where self-help goes wrong a little bit, where we're colliding two concepts that actually don't have to be enmeshed. And that is our idea of self-worth and then our emotions and what we feel and how things, uh, how we move through life, essentially. Got it. Yeah, that's a good distinction to make for sure. And we'll talk much more about this and how it looks, but I want you to understand that you have full permission to relish in the feel good. It's just also knowing that that does not dictate your worth. That doesn't go, okay, Amy, now you are successful or now you are valid or now you are worthy or now you are lovable. It's, Hmm. ooh, that's an amazing gift. The same way if somebody gives you harsh criticism or judgment, that is going to carry emotion. You're going to feel that. So we'll discuss that. But I want you to understand that I'm not saying for one hot second that the feeling of approval is supposed to feel differently. (laughs) For most of us, we do like it. There's an addiction quality to it. And for many people, it's a defense mechanism. And in Deep Down and Dirty, which is my primary signature program, a lot of times we will look at the impetus of our various belief systems. So for many of you out there who are either extreme overachievers, perfectionists, people pleasers, we have adopted those behavioral patterns because it was a way for us to stay safe. So Hmm. we didn't do it for the fuck of it, but (laughs) we did it because we, in our very formative years, typically ages eight through 12, we realized, here's how I can stay safe in this society. So, oh, I grew up in a family where I had a special needs sibling and all my parents' energy went into them. Oh, well, if I'm going to get any kind of attention from my parents, I better be honor student, straight A's. I better overachieve. Some people go, oh, I'm not important. I might as well just fuck it up and do a bunch of drugs or get in with a bad crowd because my parents only care about my sibling. We all create a different interpretation of what's happening in our world. For many of you out there who listen to this show, the interpretation that we come to is I must have this approval from other people in order to be valid. And then it permeates our entire adulthood Mm -hmm. subconsciously. We don't even realize that we're doing it, but we go, here's how I can gain love. Here's how I can be an acceptable partner. Here's how I can be, quote, successful. I have to have all these people find favor with me. Mm, Right. Yeah. So I've touched around this a little bit, but I want to just give you a couple of places where this shows up for you to kind of zero in on where are your biggest sticking points. Here's how approval addiction shows up. Obsessing about what other people think. This can be as simple as getting dressed in the morning and being concerned about a coworker and what they might say. It can be rethinking what you said during an argument or during a conversation and being so obsessed with what that other person might think of what you said. Heavily invested in the response of other people. Meaning, I've seen people do this where they have posted something on Facebook, let's say, and they are obsessively checking the comments. Yeah. To see, like, have I gotten the approval? Have I gotten the feedback? Am I being accepted online even? Are you doing things where, let's say, you send out a mass email to your company or to all of your family and they don't respond and you take that incredibly personally? 
where that receptivity, how somebody receives you, you have so much stock in it that it creates your own value. Like then I must not be worthy. And, and then it fucks up your whole day, right? Because you're going, you're replaying these conversations or you're thinking about what somebody's thinking when they view your email land in their inbox. Why did they respond? And you're so invested in that other party. It shows up also with a difficulty to say no. Think about it. If we want approval, we want to be the yes man or the yes woman or the totally girl mm-hmm. <laughs> or the totally guy, right? <laughs> That's what a, a friend of mine used to call it when we were in California. Like, totally, I'll do that for you. Oh, totally. Yes. Even if it meant, oh, well, that means I'm going to have to put off my workout or that means I'm not going to have any time to work on my side hustle or that means I'm not going to have any time to date my partner. But sure, let me come to your rescue. Totally, totally. dude. Totally, dude. <laughs> totally, dude. For sure, man. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, dude. (laughs) Here's another place. This is sort of the, it's almost like the hangover from doing something for yourself. Feeling immense guilt when when you actually choose you. Yeah. Because you go, oh my gosh, I'm letting somebody down. They're Mm. not going, I'm not going to be in favor in their eyes. Or... If somebody doesn't approve of you, they don't think you made the right decision. They don't think that what you uh, shared at the company meeting was on point. They don't like that you're a family member that is going to move across the country. They Something that they don't approve of, even for you and I, family that thinks that you should procreate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hands off my uterus, everybody. <laughs> and It's those situations where if somebody doesn't approve of you, it's devastating. Where we allow it not just to hurt, not just to move through the emotions of humanity and go, oh, it sucks to be at odds with people. It sucks when somebody is negative. It sucks to be criticized. But where you are actually taken out, you're devastated because you are so heavily investing your self-worth in the opinions of other people. I need you to understand that distinction. So those are some of the ways that it shows up. So let's talk about what to do about it. And I want you to think right now, what are some of those areas for you that are the most potent? Is it the saying no? Is it declining invites or requests or obligations? Is it feeling like my success, me being a successful human equals positive opinions of other people? Like I'm, I'm okay as long as everybody else thinks I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that is also a cost of your own confidence being really rooted internally because my God, that is unfaltering. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to experience different pieces of your humanity, which is emotions, everybody. Hello. How many times do I talk about this? Feeling your fucking feelings. But most of the time, what we do is we collapse that with our self-worth, which is number one. I want you to start separating emotions from your self-worth. Here is what usually happens. Let's take a common scenario where we don't have approval. So let's say we somebody breaks up with you. You're in a a dating relationship or your partner wants a divorce or separation. And it is essentially saying, not you. I don't want you. Okay. And so we have this scenario, this situation that hurts and it's painful and it's racked with all sorts of emotion, like grief and sadness and disappointment and possibly shame and embarrassment even. 
That is very different than saying, I am unlovable. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. It's the difference between saying, this situation fucking sucks versus I fucking suck. Those, that is the difference of experiencing emotion. Emotions are fleeting. You will not stay in that devastation of emotion long-term. The same way we don't stay in joy long-term. Those of you who are parents, you totally know this experience where you look at your child and you are overcome with unbelievable love for them or unbelievable joy watching them play. And that doesn't always sustain long-term. You might have a moment where you have extreme anger geared towards that child when they take the crayons to your wall that was just freshly painted. (laughs) Do you hate your child? Of course not. You have a fleeting emotion. But far often than not, we take an experience, an emotion that we feel based off of a scenario or a situation, and we go, this must mean that in the grand scheme of Amy Smith's life, I am not lovable, I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy. And we do it on the flip side, too. We go, if I'm partnered, if somebody loves me, then I must be valuable. Then I must be worthy. Or in a workplace, if I get this promotion, if these people approve of me, then I must be valuable. But if that's you out there, how how much does that work? It doesn't. Because if your self-worth, or if your self-worth is rooted outside of you, it is not an internal thing that you feel. Everybody else has the power over you. Yeah. So that means when you do get that position, when you do get to that upper level, first of all, you can't even celebrate because it's still not enough. <laughs> right. And second of all, you start striving for the next thing because you aren't fully happy. Why? Because it's not an inside job. Mm-hmm. It's all these other people saying, yes, stamp of approval. Right? Right. Right. And people are fickle when it comes to that, too. Say more about that. Uh, Well, you know, they have fleeting moments just like we do. Yeah. So just because they approve of you one moment doesn't mean they do the next. Exactly. So getting self-approval is a lot more long-lasting. That's right. That's right. And this is something that we discuss at length in Deep Down and Dirty. In fact, we spend... I would say the bulk of the first five to six weeks of the program really untethering this concept Hmm. where we go, but wait a minute, my identity is enmeshed with achievement. If I, if I am not that, who the fuck am I? Yeah. A lot of people have that when their kids leave the house too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause they've, their identity is wrapped up in their children. Right. Now their children are off on their own. What do I do now? Right. And there's, that's a really great point too. It's, we get caught up in, do my kids approve of my decisions? Yes. Or do, you know, do my parents approve of my decisions? It could go kind of both ways. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So separate the emotions from the self-worth. I want you to say, like, with each scenario, either, oh, this feels so good, and I'm drinking in this love, or I'm drinking in this affection, or I'm drinking in this amazing gift somebody gave me, and I know that I'm still worthy. Yeah. No matter what. And conversely, I'm allowing myself to bawl my eyes out. I'm allowing myself to journal about how shitty this breakup feels or how horrible it it feels to get passed over for this job or this audition or whatever it happens to be. And I'm going to let myself grieve this and feel bummed the fuck out and disappointed. And I still know that I'm worthy. 
This yeah. is a circumstance. This is situational. It is not a stamp of my worth, all right? So one of the things that you can do to kind of cement this is to create your own self-worth manifesto where you write out, these are the things that create my worth. And what I advocate around this is the things that create your worth are 100% removed from other people. They are about who you are being, not what other people interpret you to be. It is the things that make me worthy, I feel, is that I just fucking am. I feel like we all are, and it's up to us to really adopt that. In fact, there's a a great quote. I'm going to butcher it. I can't recall who it's by, but it says, self-worth comes from one thing and one thing only, and it is the belief that you are worthy. Mm. That's where it comes from. You do not go to a self-worth store and pick it up. You know, what's interesting about that is I deal with that in my business as well, working on healing people. Yeah. They have to feel like they can. Yeah. If they are so wrapped up in the identity of their diagnosis or the identity of the injury or whatever it might be, like, oh, I have or I I am this. Yes. Then you're not going to get past that psychologically and the injury will continue to return. Because they're even so if you physically heal to it. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I have somebody like that right now. Mm-hmm. They're they have rib issues and the ribs pop out all the time. And in x-rays, his ribs are completely fine. They have healed. Wow. But he needs I don't want to say the attention, but he needs people to care for him. Interesting. So he keeps injuring himself so that people can care for him. And I try to explain to him that people are gonna care for you. Yeah. You know, you're worthy of care. Yeah. Even if you're not injured. Right. Um, so it kind of fits the same yeah. same motto as the mental game. And you know what's interesting too is with what you're talking about, a lot of times we have invested our worth or came, to, I would say, come to the conclusion of our worth based off of other people's very faulty opinions. Like your dad's a perfect example. Hmm. Somebody who said to you verbatim, you are a liar, a cheater, and a thief. Yeah. And so imposed this idea of you are not good enough. You aren't a good human. And it was up to you to go, is that it just because that's dad's truth, does that is that going to be my truth? Right. Is that going to be Mr. Smith's truth? Yeah. <laughs> is that how you refer to yourself? Because every everybody refers to you as Mr. Smith. I, I I try to refer to myself as many times as possible as Mr. Smith. No, I don't. <laughs> but I think that's really important because there are those of you out there who have had the really egregious misfortune of people in your life telling you that you're not lovable, mm-hmm. telling you that you're not valuable. And what I want you to remember is that is their truth. That does not have to be yours. And it's not fair and it's not okay that that was ever said to you. And personal responsibility involves you making a strong, concerted stance that that is not going to be your truth. So one of the ways you can do this is to create a self-worth manifesto where you kind of write out, this is who I am. I am generous and I am kind and I am philanthropic and I care about my fellow man and I love hard. Mm. And these are the things that make me a valuable human. These are the things I love about myself. And you just create your own definition of self-worth because you are the only one who can create it and do it in a way that it's not attached to an achievement. It's not if I give this much to people, then I'm okay. No, it's just I am generous, period. That might be a hug. 
That might be a generous charitable donation. That might be taking on somebody's work for them. But looking at who you are and taking a really strong stance in that. And Hmm. the key with the self-worth manifesto is that everything that you describe in there needs to be 100% on, on your control, under your control. Okay. And something that you, that makes you feel really powerful and good. It feels really delicious to you to sink into all of those character traits. All right. So number two, watch or temper behavior to elicit approval. This is where you kind of overdo it at work, hoping that you'll get that recognition Hmm. or getting really disappointed if you do something and then you don't get any sort of accolade around it. It happens in interpersonal relationships all the time where we are going above and beyond for a friend or a partner and hoping that they magically give us all this approval or that our parent will finally say, I'm so proud of you. So we keep striving and striving. I call it doing things to get things where you are trying so hard to gain approval. So one of the easiest ways to trump this is to ask yourself this. If I was never recognized or acknowledged for this act, would I still want to do it? Hmm. Perfect example is a situation a friend of mine had told me about at the toll roads in California. And she would, because she wanted to be a generous human, she would pay for the toll for the people behind her. Right. She would never get the thank you. She would never get the approval. Mm -hmm. And it was something that she just wanted to put that energy into the world. And then she would drive off knowing that that person right behind her was going to get this lovely gift. Yeah, that's great. That's a perfect example of this is the human I want to be in this world, regardless if I get the approval. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying self-worth manifesto. This is nurturing the character traits, how you want to be, instead of going, I need to be these things to gain this approval or gain Mm. this love. It's a different motivation. For sure. All right, so we got number one, separate those emotions from your self-worth. Number two, watch or temper behavior to elicit approval. Sometimes this is, like I mentioned earlier, social media posts where you're just constantly going, I posted that for fucking attention. Mm -hmm. I posted that because I wanted allies, not really because I wanted to make a political statement and wanted to really impact this world for a greater good. I wanted attention and affirmation and approval. Yeah. And I'm not saying Hmm. that that is always a really horrible, bad thing. I'm saying if that is a chronic behavioral pattern for yourself and you're struggling with self-worth, then we need to temper this shit. You need to be sure that all of your actions are in service of your values, of who you want to be in this world, and not just based off of outside approval. All right? So really asking yourself that question. If I got no recognition, how would I proceed? Number three, drink in those compliments and accolades, all right? Allow yourself to accept that, graciously accept them in your mind. But something that I do to separate a compliment from self-worth, because that person, whether or not they give me that compliment or not, I'm still worthy. Yes. But because I'm an emotional human and that is a kindness coming at me, I'm going to feel that emotional current. Yes. So... In my head, I I will usually, if somebody says something really kind to me, 
in my head, I'll say, well, I'll say out loud, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And then in my head, I'll go, and I totally agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Where I'm rooted in my opinion of myself. Because we all know we get shit tons of opinions from everybody else. But what really matters is how you view you. So when I get that gift, I'll accept it. And I'll, and I'll raise you one by saying, and I agree with you in my head. Now, if you're kind of a smart ass like I am, you might start saying it out loud. Because <laughs> I, I, You do do that, yeah. I'm like, thank you. I really did do well, didn't I? <laughs> I really do look awesome. Thank you. That was generous of me. You're right. You know. So now I can relish those things that I'm really, really proud of. But in the, in the early days, it was working on, first of all, just graciously saying thank you. And then in my head saying, yeah. You really are a badass, Smitty. Or yeah, I totally agree with that person. Right? Now you <laughs> yeah. don't you don't have to go that direction, but what you can do is acknowledge a compliment for what it is, which is a gift. So in your mind you can say, "Wow, what a gift that was to receive, and I am worthy with or without gifts." Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's where we can it's a yes and. It's yes, that was a beautiful gift. And my self-worth is not contingent on gifts. So figure out something that you want to say in your mind so that you're not getting mad at yourself for feeling the feelings of excitement or joy or bliss, but that you're really clear that that's not what creates your value. Hmm. All right. Number four, get support if you've got a real trouble with this self-worth issue. In fact, if you have not caught my latest workshop, please, please do so. If this is something that you struggle with, go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. It is a, it's about an hour. It's a little under an hour. And I talk about all of these things, essentially five major shifts that you must go through in order to get to this place where you genuinely believe that you're enough, where you genuinely believe in your own intrinsic worth and value. And what that equals for most of us is happiness, is joy. Yeah. Fucking joy junkie right there. What do you think the the biggest obstacle for people is to not go watch that video? Like, oh, what do you think stops them? That's interesting. Well, <laughs> speaking of people pleasing and investment in other people, I think, in fact, this is interesting. I was just listening to an audiobook that's absolutely incredible. It's called Burnout. I will link to it in the show notes. And the author, it's a tw- a twins, and it's Emily and Amelia Nagoski, I believe is their last name. And they talk about this human givers syndrome. Okay. And how I believe that's their term for term it. Term for it. Okay. But it is where a lot of women, disproportionately women, have this human giver syndrome where if there is an opportunity to take care of somebody else, to mm. put somebody else first, to take care of the kids, to take care of the partner, to take care of somebody else's fucking emotions. Yeah. To make sure that your partner who's dealing with a rough time at work gets 100% support even though you're pulling your hair out because you're stressed out over your job or your new business or whatever it is. Where we make sure that our siblings are taken care of emotionally. That's where we have the this massive issue with him, human giver syndrome. Okay. Which means that your time is spent. Not for yourself. Oh, okay. Not for the things that could actually make you a better spouse, a better parent, a better employee, a better entrepreneur, a better philanthropist, Mm -hmm. a better everything. Yeah. We have this notion that 
laying ourselves down as sacrifice is somehow fucking noble. And it's I think glamorized. It's, it's, it's poison disguised it, it, yeah. as nobility. Yeah. But it's glamorized in our society. Oh, she gave up her life so her kids could have a better life. Right. You know, which does have, I mean, that's great. Right. But what about your dreams? What about what you wanted exactly. to do? Could that not be done at the same time? Did you have to sacrifice everything? No, probably not. And that's one of the things that I think millennials and I think Z generation will get this too, of this idea that they're entitled. And I, I don't, I don't, I personally think millennials and Zs are going to save us, save our asses from what's happening in yeah, our country. Yeah, hopefully. But I don't think it's an entitlement necessarily. I think it is a new wave of, I matter and I want the life that I want. So I'm not going to have kids just because my grand, my parents want grandkids. And no, I'm not going to stay in this job that I fucking hate. I am going, even though I have mountains of financial student debt, I'm still going to go create my own startup. You know, there's this whole idea, I think, that's more so I matter. And we're starting to see that shift. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So just something to add on to that. I know we're pressed for time, but I have one thing to say. Yeah. I think that we live in reverse in a lot of ways. Mm. We're always thinking about the life that we have had and how that, I forget what it's called, but it's something like, uh, the, the 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 time investment or something like that where you've already invested wow. so much time into something like let's say it's a job like oh I've been working here for seven years and I you know I got to work to retirement or right. something like that instead of living for today right. for what you want now what is what is what is moving forward look like to you right. you know what I mean yeah. we live in the reverse of this is how my life has been so that's what it's going to be right. Instead of thinking like I'm a different person today, which you are, yep. than you were when you started that job. Right. What does the person today really want? Right. What makes them happy at this point? I totally agree with you. And I would say that there is sort of a flip side to that where we are um, future tripping, where we go, where the hustle for approval is, uh, yeah. I'll be happy when I'm loved. Yes. I'll be happy when I get this yeah. new job, which when is, I get this degree. It's the, it's the opposite side of that. Yeah, absolutely. So the way the place that I land, and we talk a lot about this when we do goals at the beginning of the year, is I am worthy now. I love myself now. Yeah. And I have a goal of writing my book. I have a goal of buying a new house. I have a goal of being in this type of physical shape. All of those things are awesome, but they are goals. They are not my worth. And that is, that's the untangling that I'm talking about. And it's one of the things that we do in Deep Down and Dirty. Again, my incredibly transformative program that yeah. runs almost four months. And this workshop that I'm talking about highlights my exact process. All of the things that you must shift in order to get to that place where self-worth is innate and you believe that in every yeah. fiber of your being. So you can find that over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and when you go over there, it's basically running on the hour. So if you go over there and the time doesn't work for you, just go whenever you have some free time and sign up for it. Yeah. Cool. And that makes you, it easy. And if you sign up and, and miss it, the next day you'll get the replay. So it's no big deal. Right? Cool. So no excuses. If you have time to feel like shit, you have time to watch a workshop. <laughs> True. Uh, all right. So. We've got get support for that low self-worth. Now, that could be that doesn't have to be my workshop. Of course, I advocate for that. But 
let's read some books or audiobooks or get a therapist or hire a coach or yeah, join yeah. a program. Do something where you are not just turning this off and going right back to the same habitual behavior that you that ha- leaves you stuck. Yeah. That leaves you thinking about the past or future tripping. Yeah. All right. Number five. Get clear on what is and is not your responsibility. I haven't talked about this for a while, but some of the the veteran junkies out there will know this phrase of you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. What that means is you are responsible for who you are, how you behave, how you handle yourself, your tone of voice, your inflection. That is your responsibility. Always, 100%, whether you're furious or docile, does not matter. Outside of that, the reception, how other people view you is not your responsibility. But we think because we are such emotional beings that are told to not be emotional, we think, oh shit, my sister's upset with me. Better go change her emotions. Mm -hmm. Better go make her feel differently, even though that is not my not responsibility. Your responsibility. Right, right. This is very simple. This is about checking in with yourself and saying, have I handled myself in a way in which I am proud? If the answer is yes, you're golden. It usually means that what you need to do is just grieve or mourn that you did not get the response you were hoping for. That that yeah. person doesn't like you or that person doesn't like your choices or thought that you handled yourself poorly. They're allowed to think that. That doesn't have to be your truth and it can still hurt, yeah. which means you mourn it, you cry, you journal about it, you talk to your bestie, you talk to your therapist, you handle it, but you recognize that just because somebody is upset with you or doesn't approve of you, that does not mean you twist and contort until they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So again, this is where, you know, and and if you do deem, oh, I didn't handle myself in a way that I was proud, you go apologize. You right. go clean up your shit, which I'm, I'm going to link to an apologies pod I did on that. Like how to actually decipher when is it this warranting an apology and when is it not? Because we do not need to say we're sorry if we're not sorry. If we would not do anything differently. Is that where sorry, not sorry came from? Sorry, not sorry. That's where it came from, right? I think so. pretty sure. All right. So let's just do a quick little recap here. Combating this approval addiction and the need to be liked at all costs. Number one, separate your emotions from your self-worth. Situations and circumstances will sometimes feel amazing. Like getting a promotion, somebody toasting you, that's going to feel amazing. Somebody roasting you or somebody see what i did there somebody roasting you or <laughs> that could break, feel amazing too though if you breaking you know, up with you or saying you were fired mm-hmm. that shit's going to hurt so allow the emotion but know that it does not dictate your self-worth number two watch or temper behavior to elicit approval ask yourself in those situations if i was never recognized for this act would i still do it Hmm. Would this still be important to me? Number three, drink in those compliments and accolades, but start doing a little disclaimer in your brain of either, wow, that was such an incredible gift and gifts still don't dictate my self-worth or yeah, 
And I totally agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, get support for your self-worth. I'm going to tell you right now, honey, this will not change in a 30-minute episode. This will not change if you turn off your podcast and then go right back to cooking dinner or working on that report or whatever else it is, and you go right back to your routine. If you thrive from accountability, motivation, systems, organization, tactile tools, get your ass to that workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Number five, get clear on what is and is not your responsibility. Spoiler alert, you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. I have a ton of additional pods that I'll list in the show notes page that will be great addendums for you to sink your teeth into. But if you have time for that, I would highly suggest going to the workshop instead. Mm -hmm. And it will start to unearth why perhaps you've been blaming yourself or others for where you at, where you are at, or why speaking kindly to yourself isn't working or hasn't stuck for you. I kind of pull back the curtain on why that might be. So Absolutely. All of those links will be on the show notes page. And I think that's everything. You added some great stuff, but is there anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? No, I think I've added enough great stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I agree with you. And I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, junkies, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.